Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 76. If you are new to this podcast, I'm Carrie, the podcast host, and we are in the middle of a really fun podcast series. It's a six episode series, all focused on new teacher jumpstart. But wait, even if you're a veteran teacher, you're going to enjoy this episode. So don't go anywhere, no matter how long you've been teaching. This is a great refresher for someone with one year experience, no experience, or 20 years experience. Today, we're gonna focus this all about curriculum and planning. The number three is very special to me. I really believe that our brain remembers things in the, in the number three, in the power of three. I used the power of three in my classroom all the time, found a ton of success with it. I've translated that to my life and to this podcast. So if you go back and listen to previous episodes, you'll see that I always try to uh, have the episode around three main points that you can take away from the podcast. So I'm going to start a few new things on the podcast this year. And one of those things is the three things that you can do to help E2E. People ask me all the time, how can we support E2E? So it keeps on keeping on. And I'm going to give you three tips of things that you can do to help support E2E. And they're mostly free. So the first thing that you can do to help us is go visit our new web website. We just revamped the website. You can go to www.educators2educators.com. Remember, that's the number two. Go check it out, play around, click on all the buttons, check out our new E2E member video, highlight video, it's super special, and let us know what you think. So that's free, and that's a great way to support us. The second thing you can do is hop on over to our new Etsy shop. That's right, we have an Etsy shop. And our Etsy shop has fun die cut stickers that you can use for water bottles and notebooks. We have a teacher self-care toolkit that you can check out. There are principles, there's so much fun things over at the Etsy shop. And every single one of your purchases honestly helps keep our conferences free. So if you're looking for that, you're gonna head on over to etsy.com backslash shop, backslash educators to educators. Remember, that's always the number two. The other thing that you can do that is also free is to leave us a review. Those reviews, when a teacher is looking at all the podcasts in the podcast store and they're looking at E2E, they're gonna go to those reviews to tell us if they should tell them if they should listen to the podcast. So you can go there, leave a five-star rating. Um, Right now we have a 4.9 out of five. I can't even ask for more. I would love for that to be a solid five, Uh, but I guess maybe I'm being a little hard on us. But anyway, go give us a review, uh, a five-star review if if you'd like, and then maybe leave us a little you know, typed out review. So I want to read one of those that Vanny KS wrote. Wow, this is an amazing podcast. I was just here trying to find some grounding through this very unsettling time. The podcast episode on tough parents was fantastic. All teachers need to take a listen. Well, thank you, Vanny KS, for taking the time to leave that review. If you leave a review, we might read that right here on the podcast. We are in the middle of our series, New Teacher Jumpstart, and today I'm handing the mic completely over to my good friend, Jean. Jean is a teacher coach. She runs New Teacher Mastermind. She is a new teacher expert. 
I'm so excited to hand the mic over to Jean. She runs Teacher Off Duty, and she's gonna talk all about how you can make curriculum and planning manageable for you throughout the year. So Jean, my dear friend, my colleague, I now hand the E2E microphone over to you. Hello and welcome to this episode about how to plan a standards-based curriculum from scratch. My name is Jean Wolves, and um, let me start out by talking a little bit about my story and why I'm here talking to you about how to plan your year. <laughs> so I am a former middle and high school English language arts teacher, and I was also the department chair for a while. And through my own experience as a new teacher and my work as a department chair mentoring new teachers, I watched enough new teachers struggling to keep their head above water their first year, even their second and third year, to know that we needed to be doing something and we need to be doing something differently to support teachers that are new to the profession. And in working with and hearing experiences of literally thousands of new teachers across the country and even across the world through my work um, with Teacher Off Duty, that sad reality has only been confirmed. However, I don't want to leave you there. There is one other thing that my work with new teachers has confirmed for me, and this one is a little bit of a happier note that this reality that thousands of new teachers struggle with their first few years, that doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to have a miserable first year teaching. I am here to bust that myth. You don't. With strategic prep, year-round support, you really can have an incredible first, second, third, and every year after. So if you're nervous about your first year, or even if you've already had your first year and you're going into your second or third and you're nervous, that is totally okay. That's normal and frankly valid. But know that it does not have to be a horrible year. So do not listen to anyone that tells you differently because you probably will hear it a lot if you haven't already. You can come out of this year having learned a ton, feeling accomplished, and absolutely thrilled about the career that you chose. That is why I support first year and new teachers in general full-time now. That's my full-time gig through Teacher Off Duty and the new Teacher Masterminds. And that is why I'm here today to talk to you, to help you have that kind of first year teaching. So let's dive into what we're going to work on today. So One of the number one questions I get from new teachers, particularly before the start of the year, is how do I lesson plan effectively and efficiently? I know new teachers, and all teachers really, are very concerned with one, what they're going to plan for the first few weeks of the year, but then also how are they going to keep up this kind of machine of lesson planning throughout the year without it totally taking over their lives. So today we're going to talk about something that might seem like we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I actually think that this is the key to creating this kind of well-oiled machine for you in lesson planning throughout the entire year. So we're going to talk about how to plan a standards-based curriculum completely from scratch. Depending on what you have been given by your school, you might have a lot of curriculum, you might have some curriculum, you might have absolutely zero curriculum. 
This episode is specifically going to talk about what to do if you have no curriculum, um, but you can still use elements of this uh, to plan your year. If you do have a little bit of curriculum, or even if you have all of your curriculum, you can kind of plug what you have into the resources and tools and steps that I'm going to talk about today. So let's begin by talking about why should we start planning with creating a year overview or scope and sequence. So I know you're probably really, really anxious about and the most anxious about what you're going to do the first couple days and probably the first couple weeks, but creating this year overview is super critical and there's six reasons why. One, and actually, you know what? Let me back up. I think I got so excited I forgot to define for you what I mean by year overview. So a year overview, sometimes called a scope and sequence, is some kind of document that you have put together where you state what standards or skills you're going to be covering for the entire year, what units you're going to be teaching for the entire year, and then what order and approximately when you're going to be covering all these standards and all these units. So you're essentially creating yourself a curriculum map for the entire year. So let's talk about why this is important to do rather than just like diving in at the beginning of the year um, with what you want to cover in the first couple weeks. So one, having a year overview helps you know what comes next throughout the entire year. I cannot tell you how many times my first year I did not have a year overview. I did not follow this step. And so when I would reach the end of a unit, it would be like this panic mode of like, oh shoot, what are we gonna cover? What's the next What's the next thing? If you have a year overview, you know exactly what you're going to cover next. Um, and it just kind of relieves some of that anxiety that's going to come up again and again all year. Two, it helps you make sure that you cover everything. So you might have been given by your district standards or um, skills or objectives um, or anything like that or maybe by your state, you there are some things that you need to cover. If there's nothing that you've been given, you at least should have an idea of what kinds of skills that you would like for your students to learn by the end of the year. And so a year overview helps you make sure that you cover all of those things because you planned ahead for that. Three, it also, a year overview helps you design units that build off of each other. Units do not occur in isolation. Learning does not occur in isolation. We learn best when we build on prior knowledge um, that we've learned. And so designing a year overview purposefully where you can weave skills in across the year, bringing them up again and again, or in the most logical sequence is going to make every unit that you design that much more powerful. Four, Starting with a year overview can help you, kind of like what I said before, get a head start on planning. So um, when you create a year overview, what we're gonna talk about today is how to plan in all of your standards and objectives. And so in a course that I create, the Ultimate New Teacher Summer Workshop, I actually talk about the next step after you created that year overview is to go ahead and start creating your unit, your unit plan. What do you start with with a unit plan? You start with that list of objectives and standards. So by creating this year overview and knowing what standards you're covering for every unit, you're that much more ahead of the game on planning for the rest of the year. Five, and this one, number five, is for why to start, reasons why to start with a year overview is because it will give you critical answers to parent and guardian questions at the beginning of the year. So. If you've already taught at least a year, you chances are you've probably had this experience. You have marched in bravely your first couple days, handled that most terrifying moments in front of your students for the first time, 
by week two, you're starting to get your groove, feel a little bit more comfortable. You're not having like a heart attack every time you go into um, school. Maybe you're even looking forward to every day. And right around that time is usually when you receive an email from an administrator saying, hey, open house is coming up. Make sure you have your classrooms ready for parents and guardians to come by and ask you lots of questions. <laughs> and cue the second most terrifying moment of the school year. So I remember my first year teaching for open house. Um, I was really nervous and parents were coming in and guardians were coming in and um, asking me different questions. And uh, one of the most common questions I got was, what are you covering this year? What are you teaching? Which should be like an easy question, right? But if you don't have a year overview, that question can be really hard to answer. But my second, third, fourth year teaching, I had a year overview ready to go, so when they asked you this question, I could say, oh, in October we're, we're going to be doing this unit, and November we'll be doing this, blah, 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 blah. You might even have a parent that comes in and says, hey, we're going on vacation all during December, so can you let me know what it is that you guys are going to be covering? And you can even have an answer for that and feel super confident and super pulled together. So not the reason to create a year overview, but definitely an added plus. Number six, also an added plus, having a year overview is a really great way to impress your administrators. It just is. It shows that you are on your game, you know what you're doing, you have a plan, you're purposeful, you're intentional, um, and you're doing all the other five things that I just talked about. So that is why we are going to start with talking about a year, creating a year overview today. So we're going to talk about the five steps to creating that overview in a second. But before we do, I think it's really important that you stop and wait before you do anything and make sure that you do not reinvent the wheel with doing this. So before you dive into creating um, a year overview, check a few things. Check three things, actually. One, check that there is no district-approved curriculum or guidelines. So many districts have this depends on the subject you're teaching, but just check for that. Two, check that there's no other person currently teaching the class. So maybe there's no district approved curriculum, but there might be another person that teaches the class that you are in your school or even in your district. So check that there isn't a person like that because if there is, you can plan with that person or better yet, even borrow their plans slash use them and synchronize up and that's, that's always great. Three, check that there is no person that has ever taught the class. So if there's no curriculum, no other person currently teaching the class, chances are there is a person that has taught this class before and can tell you what they've done or give you stuff that they've done or has have some information about the class. It is super common in districts for teachers to move around. One teacher may not like the class they're teaching or maybe the administrator wanted to move them to a different class. So Chances are there is somebody in the district that has taught it before that can give you some ideas and some resources. So how do you do this? How do you check all this stuff? There are three, I love lists, so you're gonna hear lots of lists in this episode. So there's three um, ways that I would check on this. First and foremost, ask your principal. They're your go-to point person for lots of things. Ask them these three questions. Um, if your principal doesn't know, which is quite possible because principals are not experts on every single content matter, um, ask the principal for contact information for the department chair or the grade level leader and then ask them these questions. 
My experience, my first year teaching, teaching, I was teaching a class, um, and I was the only person teaching the class in the building. I asked my principal about curriculum. They said that they're, they didn't know. I asked the, the department chair. They didn't know. And so if that happens to you, ask seriously anyone else you know at this school. Um, this is where if... I know um, right now at the time of recording, this is like heart of COVID right now um, in 2020. And so it, even if you can't go to in-person conferences and things, if there's any kind of virtual professional development, workshops, conferences, whatever you can do with other people in your building or even meetings that you can attend, go to those because that's when you're going to meet people from your school. And you can, as soon as you tell them, oh, I'm going to be teaching this and this, they will probably just automatically volunteer information about that class, um, and you can ask your questions there. I learned so much by talking to people the summer before my first year teaching at different conferences that I attended and just by sitting at the table with my school. Um, so that is what I would do. And if you still can't find any information, that's when uh, this episode is going to be really useful for you, especially useful for you. So... Um, just so you know, uh, I'm about to dive into the five steps in creating that year overview. I do have a workbook for you to work through this process. Um, and so if you go to teacheroffduty.com slash curriculum, you'll be able to find that workbook and work through the steps. So let's dive in. You have checked to see what kind of curriculum, what existing information and guidelines there is for you. You've checked to see what other people have done. You have all the information that you can possibly have in front of you, so let's start planning. So there's five steps we're gonna go over. Those five steps are, one, calculate total number of days, two, find your standards, three, decide your units, four, assign those standards, and then five, pace out your months. So let's start with calculating the total number of days for the school year, because you would be surprised how many days off that you may have during the year that might shift your timing um, and how much even just one day can shift what you do in an entire unit. So it's really important that you start off with a solid understanding of how many days you have in every month. So I do not recommend you going to a calendar and literally counting all the days. Um, I have a little trick for this and actually I have a um, spreadsheet in the workbook that you can find at teacheroffduty.com curriculum that can help do this math for you. But what uh, you can do is just Google your school or district and, and calendar, find your school calendar for this school year, and then count the number of weeks that you have are in session during the year. Count every single week, even if there's only one day that you're going to go to school that year. Write that number down, and then of course, multiply it by five for five weekdays. And then the second step is to count how many days off that you will have during the year within those weeks. Um, and then subtract all of those days from your total days that you calculated before. And that is how many school days you will be in session this year. Given you will probably have some all school events happening during the year, that will take away some instructional time. There will be fire drills. There will be different kinds of things like that. So you'll have to factor that in later. But at least with this process, you have a vague idea of how many school days potentially you have to teach. Step two 
is to find your standards. So before I talk, well, yes, I will talk about finding your standards. If you cannot find standards, I'll talk about what to do in that case too. So to find the standards for your content area, literally, I just recommend going to Google and Googling it. If you need help finding the standards, this is also a question you can ask your principal um, or better yet, your department chair to see what it is that they follow. Um, that's part of your homework before going and doing this process, but um, find those standards. If you cannot find standards for your content area or grade level, or if you know that you don't, there, there are just none that exist, one, ask your principal or content chair always for your first um, step. Two, Google your grade level content to find what others have used. So there may not be existing standards, but like if let's say you're teaching, like I taught sixth grade writing, you can Google sixth grade writing standards or objectives and, find, and chances are you're going to find a list of what somebody else has used and you can use that. You can also borrow from a, a similar content area. So um, one year I actually sat down with a drama teacher and we compared rubrics um, I taught writing, she taught drama, and we realized that we had a huge overlap in the kinds of skills that we were teaching. So if there is a content area that is similar-ish to what you're teaching, borrow from them because that interdisciplinary um, overlap can only strengthen the learning for your students. You can also borrow from a classroom overseas. Again, you'll probably find that in your Google search. You can adapt from a different grade level. So let's say you can only find content standards for um, computer science for seventh grade, but you want it for sixth grade or something like that. You can find those seventh grade um, standards or objectives that somebody used and then just um, scaffold them down for something that might be a little bit more appropriate for your grade level or up. Uh, and then finally, if you can't find anything, you did all these things, that's fine. Just create your own. The important thing is that you are operating from a list of skills and objectives that you can pull from and sequence logically throughout the year, rather than just randomly picking things that you want to cover. Um, so just if, if you're in that boat where you're creating your own, make a list of all the things you want your students to walk away with at the end of the year. And that can be your... Uh, list of standards that you operate from. Okay, so that's finding your standards. Step three is to decide your units. Your units can look like a lot of different things. Um, I know for ELA, um, I would plan units based on skills. So maybe we're doing argumentative writing or we're doing um, unpacking nonfiction texts or um, something like that throughout the year. So maybe nonfiction and then fiction and then sci-fi or whatever. Uh, for math, you might be doing units, packaging units in terms of skill sets, again. Um, or for science, you might be packaging units in terms of different kinds of ecosystems or whatever it is um, that your content is about. So there's a lot of ways you can package units. It's really about um, what's best practice for your content area and go from there. So, um, so for example, for writing. So again, I have a spreadsheet for you to do what I'm talking about. And um, there's a tab for you to write the units across the top and plan those. So I would say in terms of number of units, I can only really speak for middle school. 
um, and specifically middle school ELA, I found that I could typically get through about seven to eight units in a year because the golden area of t attention span was like five weeks. I usually started losing kids, but three weeks was a little bit too fast. So I tried to keep it around four weeks for a unit. And that ended up being about seven to eight weeks. It might be different for you in your grade level. So I would, again, ask people at your school or other people that you know that teach that grade level to see and content area to see what would be appropriate. And of course, when all else fails, if you can't find anyone to talk to, just Google it and see what other people have done. In terms of how to pick units or brainstorm units, take a look at your standards and see what would make the most sense um, for teaching those skills. And again, um, I would, so I would, what I usually end up doing is I look at my standards. There's usually some units that really pop out. So like in writing, for example, standards, there's argumentative standards, there's persuasive standards, and there's um, narrative writing standards. So those are clear units that I could do different variations of, maybe an argumentative speech unit, maybe a um, literary analysis unit for argumentative, and then I could do a sci-fi unit, and I could do a realistic fiction unit. So you're kind of catching my drift here. If you, and then usually I would come up with units like that, and then, um, if I needed some more ideas, I would, you guessed it, Google it <laughs> and look for what other people have done to get some inspiration. So after you've decided your units, you've written it across the top of your unit overview planning document or spreadsheet like I give you in the workbook. Now it's time to assign the standards. So what I like to do is have my units across the top and then my standards along the side, just listed along the side. And then I go down that list of standards and one by one assign them to different units throughout the year. Um, it might actually make the most sense to operate from the unit. So if I look at my first unit, for example, if my first unit is personal narrative, I'm gonna look at those list of standards and then assign which standards make the most sense to cover with personal narrative. Um, you might find as you're doing this that there are tons of standards that could apply to personal narrative and tons of standards to the next unit and tons of standards to the next unit. But if you, after you're done assigning all of them, that's when you can look at how many standards you're covering in every unit and then maybe be, maybe spread them across different units. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll do maybe half of the narrative standards, for example, in personal narrative, and then I'll do the second half of standards in my fiction unit later on in the year. Um, so that is how I would assign the standards. Assign standards to your units and then check to make sure that you're not loading some units and having really light units um, in other places during the year. Okay, so step five then. So we did step one, calculate total number of days. Two, find your standards. Three, decide your units. Four, assign the standards. Now you're just going to pace out your months. So this is where you would need to think about, okay, how many weeks do I want to use for this unit or this unit or this unit. Typically I keep units about the same length because attention span of students doesn't really change throughout the year. Um, but you might find that there is a unit that's especially complex and you want maybe an extra week. And then you might find another um, unit is a little bit less complicated and you don't need as much time. So what I do is I go through and I mark underneath the unit how many weeks I want to take for that unit. And then I continue and do that for every single unit. I always start with the ideal of how much time I think would be the best for each unit. And I write all of that down. And then I add up the total number of weeks that I planned for each unit and make sure that it matches the total number of weeks that I have for the school year. If I don't, 
And usually you don't because it's hard to get that right the first time. I go back and I see where can I borrow a week from a certain unit, add a week to another unit, etc., etc. Once you're done, once your number of weeks matches the number of weeks that you have in your school year, you are ready to go to your planning calendar and plan out when each unit is going to take place. So if you know that your first unit is three weeks, you know your first day is August 16th, you can count out one, two, three, when that's gonna happen. So that unit is going to be between August and September, and you can even mark which date you're probably going to end that unit. I would actually continue and do this for all of your units throughout the year. So mark approximately what date you're going to be beginning and ending each unit. Is the time that you take for each unit probably going to change during the year once you meet your students? Absolutely, and honestly, it probably should. But without doing this exercise and scheduling your units across the year, you wouldn't know if you're on track or off track. So this is just to give you reference to know if you're on track throughout the year. Which, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, is a huge purpose behind creating a year overview to begin with. So that actually brings this process and this episode to a close. If you followed these five steps, and again, those were calculating your total number of days, finding your standards, deciding your units, assigning the standards, and then pacing out your months, you should now, my friend, have a solid year overview for your class. So if you'd like to complete this with the help of a workbook, again, you can find one at teacheroffduty.com curriculum. And if you found this episode helpful, this actually came from my full course, The Ultimate New Teacher Summer Workshop, which walks you through every step of the way to prepare for an incredible year with workbooks, videos, and checklists. You can enroll or find more information at teacheroffduty.com workshop. And if you use code jumpstart, all one word, you will receive $20 off. Finally, if you're looking for wraparound support throughout the year, I actually run a year-round support program called the New Teacher Masterminds, which are like small learning communities of new teachers from all over the country that meet virtually to problem solve and share support, ideas, and feedback. It's a ton of fun, and you can learn more about it at newteachermasterminds.com. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in, and good luck as you prepare for your year. Remember, you've got this.